You are listening to UCC 98.3 FM. My name is Erin, and I am here with uh, Jess and David, who are two UN youth delegates. And we are just going to chat to the two of them today about uh, their roles, their kind of history of life, and everything like that. Um, so, guys, hi. How are you? How are you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Not too bad. Jess, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having us. I'm doing well. No worries. Um, so... I'm just going to ask you who you are, where you're from, what you're studying, basic kind of background facts. David, if you want to go first. Yeah, um, my name is David. I'm from Newcastle Town. I'm just kind of outside Bandon and I'm in UCC in final year, law and business. So coming to the end of my days in UCC. Um, but yeah, that, that's me. Perfect. And Jess? Hey, I'm Jessica, also happen to be from Bandon in Cork and I'm studying international relations in DCU. I'm also in final year, so kind of getting stuck into dissertation writing now. So it's a busy time. Fun times, fun times. Um, so we'll jump right into kind of the thick of it now. So um, the first question is, how did you get involved with kind of activism and all that sort of stuff? David, again, if you want to go first. OK, perfect. Um, <laughs> I suppose I've always been interested in social issues and like other activists and kind of wanting to be part of a change in the world um, and the climate movement was what I felt most connected to. We have um, an organic farm at home so my dad was always kind of sustainability minded and from there I think I got an interest in kind of a greener world and then when the climate marches took off when I was in kind of fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, um, going to those I really enjoy being part of something that felt powerful and felt like it had the potential to to be a force of good. Um, so that's why where my activism started and then I would have been involved in different youth organisations like Freuga and Spun Out, um, which once again gave me the opportunity to meet people that further motivated me to to kind of fight for causes that I believed in. Excellent, that's amazing. Um, how about you Jess, where did it all kind of kick off for you? I think when I was in school in TY, I was doing concerned debating and that was my first exposure to global issues and that kind of thing. So I really found my way to gender activism through the repeal campaign. I remember being really passionate about that at the time and I couldn't vote because I was under 18. So I felt like it was frustrating to not be able to do anything. And I wanted to kind of gain more skills and become involved in activism. And um, so I did a speech writing competition with ActionAid in TY as well, which was about women's rights uh, around the world. And after winning that, I got to go to visit ActionAid's projects in Kenya. So for me, it was just really eye opening to all the kind of gender equality uh, programs that are out there in the world and different ways um, people could get involved at local levels. So from then, I kind of wanted to study international relations and, you know, become more educated on these topics. And it wasn't really until I got into college that I got to be involved in activism groups. The first one I joined was Plan International's Youth Advisory Panel, which is a kind of a, a group for young people who want to advocate for gender equality. And most of the work is kind of at a national level, but it links a lot to international topics too. So for me, that was kind of the main thing I was involved with. Fab. Um... So the next question I have is just to kind of break it down for everybody who's listening. What is a UN Youth Delegate? Um, and anybody want to volunteer to be the one to take that answer? Yeah, I suppose I can start. Um, I'm sure Jessica will have <laughs> a much more detailed overview than I do. But 
for the past eight years, the Department of Foreign Affairs and the National Youth Council of Ireland have come together to choose two young people to represent the voice of Ireland at the UN um, and at kind of different domestic platforms as well, just because Ireland is very, I think we're, we're a very strong player at the UN and if we want to actually claim to represent the people of our country, we need to make sure that young people are also there and kind of playing an active role. So. Jessica and I are this year's pair of youth delegates, um, filling in the the boots of all those who've come before us. And our role really is to um, kind of just feed in. Um, we look at we could write speeches and we go to different events and um, we're asked to like look at different papers and kind of see what lens that we can bring to it that perhaps someone of an older generation mightn't have. So that's kind of the start of what we do as as you and youth delegates. Jessica, if you have anything to add with that. Yeah, so I guess our kind of role is divided into two parts, the international part and the national part. So more internationally, we're representing Irish young people at the UN, but then on a national level, you know, we're kind of also representing young people at different kind of global minded events. But also, uh, I guess the most meaningful thing we have to do is like promote the SDGs amongst young people. And we're really lucky to be doing that through writing a chapter for Ireland's voluntary national review. So it's basically this like SDG report where they track how Ireland's done at implementing the SDGs. And we've been asked to write a young a youth chapter to see how young people think Ireland's done at this process. So I think it's been really nice and meaningful to be so engaged with by the government. Fab. Um, that was a great overview, really <laughs> like puts it into kind of detail what you do and puts a much better picture on it that you might not realize like at first. Um, so the next question I have for both of you is like, what led you to applying for the program? How did you come across it? What kind of drove you to say, yeah, that's something I want to do? Yeah, I actually can't remember where I saw the Youth Delegate program for the first time. I've been trying to think of it, but I do remember following them on Instagram for a few years and seeing all the stuff the past youth delegates were doing. And I just thought it was such an incredible opportunity because you just really have so much access to spaces you would never get if you didn't have this role and just you know, I think as someone who uh, studies international relations, you know, being able to visit the UN, let alone speak at the UN, seemed like such an incredible opportunity. And yeah, just a really good way to elevate the issues that we're working on uh, already through our past activism on a more international stage. Fab and David? Uh, yeah, I um, I suppose, again, it was just the opportunity and the exposure that you gain. You're all of a sudden launched into rooms with ambassadors and people who have a lot of capacity to to change the world and even we were sitting in the Security Council and it's something that like even we know from lectures that you just hear about and yeah. it can feel far away or disconnected to the reality of world issues but when you're there you, it's just it's just very kind of exciting. Um, I'm also a big believer in the value of like multilateralism and the UN and I, I understand there's criticisms of it but I think when we were there and you could see like people from 190 different countries in the same room that there's there's something very special about people even from countries who really do not see eye to eye coming together and seeing the value in dialogue rather than what the alternative is really which is this conflict so yeah. it's um I definitely was motivated by by that element too to see what the UN is like in person. Absolutely. I mean, it's such a, like, concept, the UN, that, like, you're aware of from, I feel like a lot of people are aware of from, like, a young age, but nobody really knows yeah. 
what exactly it is or how exactly it works. So it is, like you say, an amazing opportunity to be able to see it in yeah, person yeah, and yeah. up close as like someone who's still a student. It's yeah. Um, sounds like sounds like an amazing opportunity anyway. Um, so how has the experience been so far for both of you? Um, yeah. Somebody want to go first? <laughs> um, for, for me, it's just been it's like a dream come true. Um, I was like, you know, kids have these weird phases where they get into like dinosaurs or dance moms or whatever it be. I think I had like a weird UN phase as a child <laughs> where I was like watching these videos. Um, and to actually be there is just like very exciting and also very motivating. Um, mm-hmm. We were based in what's called the Mission, which is like basically just the Ir- like the Irish office over at the UN. Um, and to be among a group of people from Ireland who were like so driven by human rights and so driven by like a vision for a greater world was something I hadn't really anticipated that I would feel so proud of um, because uh, and Jessica I, I imagine you share the sentiment with me but it's it would make you kind of proud to be Irish seeing what Ireland is doing at the UN um, so I think that's kind of been a highlight so far. Just like feeling feeling part of this mm-hmm. um, this fairly important important piece. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one of the things I realised was you know I definitely have had a lot of frustrations in the past, like many young people with the government, and you're seeing this in action on different issues that we all really care about, and you can get kind of disillusioned by politics and the government. But it did really give me kind of a new sense of. You know, there are so many people in these government departments who are just really passionate, really working hard to make these issues come through. And I think you don't really get to see that unless you're further involved in politics. So I think that was like a really eye opening thing. And just, yeah, the whole the whole experience has just been crazy so far. Like uh, even in our first three weeks that we were in New York, like everything was moving so fast and you hardly have time to process it. We'd look back and be like, if you told me like two years ago or even one year ago that I would do that you would like never expect it but you don't have so much time to process what's going on so kind of since we've come home we thought a lot about it and we're like you know what that was like a a really crazy experience yeah absolutely I could imagine like especially being like in New York as well like of all places like and just like gone from Cork come from Bandon like (laughs) to New York it's a long way way from Bandon I will tell you that yeah (laughs) um so next question is like what is your has been your like favorite moment serving as a UN youth delegate is there kind of one moment you can think back on and you were like that was truly kind of a highlight for me yeah I think for me uh meeting Malala was like Mm. just insane uh David like I had loads of missed calls from him and he was like Jess come quick I see Malala go talk to her he was like pushing (laughs) me to go talk to her he's like a like a like a proud parent being like oh you can do it (laughs) So uh, I got to have a little chat with Malala. It was really nice. Uh, she was just so like, you know, when you have these like image of people who are like really famous, you put them on this pedestal. She was just such a normal person, like so down to earth. Mm. She was, uh, we were getting a picture and she was like, make sure you wipe the lens, make sure it's good. <laughs> so like, she's, she's just really like cool. Uh, I thought it was just such a crazy experience. Like for me, when I was, you know, writing my first gender equality speeches, I yeah. would have been quoting like Malala or like referring to her. And it's so cool to just actually think you know I could meet this person in real life I know my one of my friends like went to Oxford like the same time that she was there and she for her whole three years she was like watching for her and she (laughs) she never saw her (laughs) she never met her I think they were in like separate colleges even though they were both 
like I think Manala's was she studying law in Oxford or I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure which I know she was there at the same time as my friend Katie, but she never never saw her. <laughs> um, what about you, David? Favorite favorite moment? Favorite moment. Um, recently, actually, and this is um, only something very local. Jessica and I went to speak to some of the young people that were doing the Davis College model UN in City Hall, which we both would have done when we were in like TY back when we hardly knew what the UN was. And I remember really loving it then and kind of feeling I wanted to be part or learn about this when I'm older. Um, and to then go back to some of the young people and say like, well, we were here three years ago, well, not three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my time, my sense of time is so warped. And we were, we're at the real UN now, so mm. you can make it. And that's, I think that's something that we really want to try and do in our term is to, to motivate other people to see working in human rights or in foreign policy or development or whatever that field is, um, just to know that there are opportunities there if you if you kind of want to seek them out and you're passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose it's an area that it's so often looked kind of down on or disencouraged yeah. because it's not seen as maybe the most lucrative area. It's not the most lucrative area, <laughs> yeah, but it's... Um, but I feel like it's such a obviously a rewarding area and um tough one but definitely i i mean from what even what you've been saying so far both of you, you seem to have like got a sense of rewarding and yeah, like yeah. a sense of accomplishment and all that from your experience so far now on the flip side of that uh what's been the hardest part of being involved in the program i suppose it's a it's a very big commitment um it's a lot of hours and a lot of work and I think I would struggle if I didn't find it so fulfilling. Um, I think you really have to believe in the value of what you're spending the light, late nights for, or what you're spending like all day on Zoom calls for. Um, so yeah, so I suppose balancing that with final year, um, I'm in final year now with you. Mm. So it's um, trying to keep my head above water with that, but it is, I'm still enjoying the process and learning so much. What yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think the the fact that we're in final year makes it probably that bit harder. Um, but then there's also the kind of, you know, we've got a lot of essay ideas from different things we've seen in the end too. So I don't, I do think it's worth it in that way. Um, and then I think another thing that's quite hard is like how slow moving some of these things are. Like there's a lot of bureaucracy and like, you know, you have to make sure that everything's really professional. So we'll have to get other people to like read over an email to make sure we're diplomatic enough at the beginning and this kind of thing. So yeah, a lot of these processes are slow moving. You need like layers and layers of approval before actually bringing these things to a higher level. So I do think that element is frustrating sometimes. I suppose, yeah, like you're representing a nation rather than just your yeah. own personal opinions, which can be frustrating, obviously, at times. Um, but I mean, I cannot think of two better people to oh, handle it. Very <laughs> kind of you. Um, so, just to kind of wrap us up as the final question, um, have you any tips for anyone thinking about applying to be a UN Youth Delegate, or even people who are kind of a bit younger, still in school? Any opportunities they should maybe avail of if this is something they are interested in doing sometime in the future? Um, yeah, I suppose. In regards to the UNU Delegate Programme, just it's hard to know because every set has been completely different. Everyone who has gotten the position before has been has had their own thing, but just to maybe build your experience um, and try and engage in some sort of international 
kind of advocacy if you can at all. Um, more generally, I think you can have such an influence on policy and on the world without ever being a UN youth delegate, even in Ireland. There's so many fantastic youth organisations um, where you can meet like-minded people and kind of want to make change together because it's very hard to do these things by yourself, whereas if you're part of a group, you'll you'll want to want to work together. Um, Jessica, you might have some other ideas as well. Yeah, kind of as you said, there's no linear path to becoming a UN Youth Delegate. Like, I think each each pair have had their own personality, their own interests. And I think that's a really good thing to have a unique selling point or unique perspective. And to gain that, I really think you do have to talk to a lot of people. And while it's great to have a kind of issue that you care about the most and that be your kind of main main passion, there's a lot of intersectionality in these issues. So seeing how your issue connects to, you know, something else like climate and gender connects to each other or gender and migration or migration and climate. So kind of having a more nuanced view, I think, is really beneficial as a UN Youth Delegate. So while it might be great to get involved in all the gender groups, uh, it's not to say that it's bad to be involved in some climate activism at the same time as well. And even um, one thing I've learned this year is that there's there's actually a lot of spaces for input into government policies in these areas as well that are open to the public. So even this progress, the SDG progress report that we're working on, um, they're having national stakeholder forums which are just open to anyone really. If you want to go and share your thoughts and it has the potential to to end up as like, Ireland's foreign policy position so it's um it has been cool to see that there are a lot of people very open to taking on ideas if you if you kind of know the paths and you look into the paths that you can express them in. Yeah I definitely think one of the keys is finding those opportunities like unfortunately people don't really tell you about them often enough they don't just fall fall at your doorstep you know so I think you have to do a lot of research into what's there and what suits you and just really find these opportunities and also just putting yourself forward like I've applied to the UN Youth Delegate to Youth Delegate UN Youth Delegate position two times, and I was like, I don't think that I'm going to even get it this time. I'm just going to apply, and maybe they choose me. So it's just like apply to these things, even if you don't think you're necessarily qualified, because you know sometimes you kind of undersell the value that you have. Absolutely, yeah, I think that's a thing. As Irish people in general, we don't kind of back <laughs> ourselves enough, um, so I, I suppose that's a very strong message put out there. Is just like try even if like you don't fully be believe like what are you gonna lose like yeah. if you just apply like there's no like if you don't get it you're no worse off yeah, um, yeah. and um there's just so many opportunities out there once yeah. again it's just seeking them out yeah absolutely um well guys do you have any final comments before we wrap up um our interview any final words um before we say goodbye I suppose maybe a shameless social media plug. If you want to follow us on uh, on Instagram or Twitter, um, you'll find us at UN Youth IRL. Um, and also, we're trying to get better at TikTok slowly but surely. Um, so, if you'd like to follow us there as well, you can you can hype us up when I make very mediocre TikToks <laughs> and <laughs> base all of my self esteem on how they do. Well, um, any final comments, Jessica? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, please, please don't plug the TikTok. <laughs> no, I know, I know we need to get better at it. It's like, I don't know, I think it's really important because that's the way to reach, like, harder to reach youth who might not necessarily be aware of, hmm. you know, youth activism stuff. But it, yeah. it is just a bit more embarrassing. I don't know. We need to I, we need to get more confidence in that, I think. <laughs> I was talking to my, like, 15-year-old sister recently about, like, I was like, what social media do you use? Because they don't really use like Instagram. Yeah. And she was like, TikTok and Visco? Visco's back, apparently. Visco, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like a, 
that was like when she said that. A my thought like, in the past. Yeah. <laughs> so um, get on Visco, maybe. Guys. Uh, I'm not sure if we get approval for that. <laughs> we we'll start with TikTok, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep in mind. Um, anyway, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me, guys. Uh, it was really interesting. Um, and um, yeah, make sure to follow them on TikTok, everybody. Yeah, thanks for having <laughs> us. Um, um, and this will be live on monday and if anyone is listening to this right now you may be listening to live on monday but it will also be podcasted if you are tuned into the radio right now and you missed the start of this interview it will be podcasted on the ucc 98.3 fm spotify so um that is us signing off um thank you again guys and uh we're gonna head back to the live show now goodbye this is ucc 98.3 fm my name is aaron and you are listening to objection Bye.